Welcome to Life, Art, and the In-Between with Celise, Shelley, Michelle, and Clem. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, welcome back to Life, Art, and the In-Between. Coming off the historic appointment of Kamala Harris as Vice President of the United States, we were thinking about what it must be like for her personally to break through those barriers. I immediately thought of our guests today and wanted to get their personal perspectives on this. I want to welcome Derek Davis and Alexia Kadim. Derek Davis is a proud New Yorker, singer and actor, and overall a beautiful human being. Derek recently starred in Opera Carolina's production of I Dream as Dr. Martin Luther King. He played the role of Phantom in Phantom of the Opera on the 25th anniversary tour and performed on Broadway with the shows Carousel and The Lion King. He's appeared on screen in Can a Song Save Your Life and A Christmas Story, and also performed his own works in concerts in New York City and appeared with the Las Vegas Philharmonic to a sold-out performance of Rogers and Hammerstein works. And over here in the UK, we have the most talented and sensational and friend of the show, Alexia Kadim. And known for her work across theatre, TV and film, Alexia made her West End debut at 17 years old and has subsequently appeared in, list ready, Les Miserables, Book of Mormon, The Lion King, One Love, the Bob Marley musical, Wicked, and just prior to our March 2020 lockdown, had just opened in the role of Miriam in Prince of Egypt at the Dominion Theatre. Okay, so hi, Alexia and Derek. Hi. Hey. Hey, you guys. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello, hello. I'm just going to quickly kind of uh, speak a little bit about uh, about you guys, just for people who maybe are not aware. Derek, um, as I understand it, you are the third black actor to play the role of the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera, correct? That is correct. And Alexia, Alexia, Miss Alexia, I believe it was 2008, you were invited to audition for the role of Elphaba. And uh, the role obviously became undeniably yours, yet to date, you remain the first and only black actor to play that role both over here and around the world, correct? Correct, yeah. Yes, you better wear it that famous thing. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, Fabulous Creative Teams made this decision and we were talking about those first and breaking through and and both of you have that link, you have that, that the link that brings you together. And we just basically wanted to know what it was like having pushed through what that felt like and what that experience was like for both of you. Um, I don't know, Derek, do you want to, do you want to speak first about your experience? Sure. I, um, you know, it's funny in thinking about it, being in an industry that's predominantly not people of color, you know, going for a role of uh, a character that is played by somebody uh, who's not of color, traditionally historically uh it was challenging and it was it was it was daunting to even consider putting myself in the position to be potentially told no for mm. for something like that knowing that I could do it you know um but you just to your point and to your phrase you push through you push through those feelings and uh it's almost and not to sound uber dramatic or anything but after playing Dr. King, it, there, it, it gave definition to what I was feeling in that, like those that have gone before me, they're kind of leaning over the balcony of glory, just, just 
like cheering you on, like, mm-hmm. no, yes, do this. You've got mm-hmm. to do it, you know? And there, there, so there's a collective energy of those that have gone before us and those that stand us next to us and those that are coming behind me that kind of motivated me into doing the audition, like just to get to the audition room, not even doing the role, <laughs> just pushing through to get to do the audition. So yeah, yeah that that's kind of the way it felt to push through. Sure. Um, for me, um, I didn't even really envisage myself in any of those roles anyway. Um, at the time I was in Lion King and I was asked to audition by Pippa Alien for Wicked. When she asked me, I was like, why? Because it's, I couldn't see myself in that role. Like, I just felt like they were ticking a box to say, okay, we saw someone of colour for this role, just to say, well, we've tried. And that's me being honest. Um, And when I auditioned, and then I was getting callbacks, and then even down to getting the call to say, the job is yours, I didn't believe it. And I asked my agent over and over and over again, because I was like, you're lying. You're not telling the truth. It's like, I couldn't accept it. I won't forget that being on the phone. He was like, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm serious. They, They want you. And I was like, no, but are you sure? It's not a mistake. It's, you know, and only then could I kind of like be like, yeah, but there was still kind of slight uncertainty still in that, you know. Um, and I was really kind of excited and stuff by it. But at the same time, like, I guess once I stepped into the role, that's when I fully realized, I guess, even more so the weight. It's like you understand that you're possibly going to be a first, but I don't think you realize just how much backlash was going to come with it. Um, before I even got on the stage, I was already being shunned, <laughs> you know, um, before I'd even got into the rehearsal room. What do you mean you were being shunned? Shunned by who, Alexia? Um, by other people in the industry, um, right. other actors alike, who people who, who we share stages with. Who, who felt that you were taking the role away from them? Yeah, felt like, oh, you know, like um, a comment where I'd gone to see a show um, with my mum and I was in the toilet and I could hear them talking about the Wicked auditions and that because it had just been released that I'd got the role. And they were talking about me and saying that black bitch, I could have done the role better. Um, mm. You know, I hadn't even started rehearsals. I hadn't even had a costume fitting. I could have done it better than her. She's taking all the, the jobs. It's never just one person's job. It's always going to be somebody else's at some point. It might be yours for a year and then it's yep. somebody else's. And even then, when you have the role, there are other people who cover you. So, you know, it's like you get to enjoy that role for a period of time. And then, but I auditioned like everybody else. So, for me, it was like, but if that was a white girl who got the role, you would have just been gutted that you didn't get the role. Mm. It, 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 but you're angry because this black girl got the role. So it's like I was. It's like you took me away from even being a, a woman. It was this thing got a role. It's like yeah. it was for this gig. It's a female that they want for this role. It, you know, but this black girl, I'm different, right? That's interesting. So they feel that they, somehow they deserve it more than you. Yeah. Whether, and it's nothing to do with your talent. No. And so really, really, the the hate made you realize the mag- even more so the magnitude of the role. That's really yeah. deep. Mm. 100%. 100%. 
um I was aware that it's a big role but right. for me it's like oh wow you know like what an amazing opportunity right I didn't think in true depth like what effects that was going to have on other people seeing somebody of color in that role and it hadn't been that way before um but yeah I got I got a lot of hate and it was it was really hard to navigate I was very blessed I must say um to be in a company that was so just open and receiving the beat down came down from people on the outside hmm. and that was inclusive of some you know people who were in the audience watching it's quite sad that as you said it was it was more kind of from the very external world that you had to deal with all of the weight of of racism basically mm. and black and white relations and how that translates into theater um but equally you both came from doing these black productions you know um Derek you're coming from Dr King and Alexia you're coming from Lion King so you're both coming out of what I hope was you know nurturing environments in a way to then being told I liked when you said Alexio they want you you know Derek they were like yeah. you you both auditioned you know you went through the rounds everyone goes through their rounds of auditions and you got to the finals and then you get the phone call and they're saying we want you so that phone call is saying I want you Derek for this role yeah. Alexia I want you for this role and then all of a sudden when you walk through this door it becomes a question of color So how do you go from having that kind of expectation of starting this new job to then dealing with the other things that came with it? It was just relentless. It it was a relentless uh a never-ending pile of more 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 on our show on my show I'll speak for myself but on my shoulders. So first you have the weight of okay you're about to play this role you have to study. So you have to I mean just the simple things like you have to prepare the music prepare the script uh get your, uh, get all that together and then you get into rehearsals and then you have the blocking so then you have to do all of that I mean we can go through the entire process but we know how the process goes and that's enough as it is and then you have to lead a company and then in leading the company as a person of color one of only two in the cast of however many from for me uh that presents its own issues then every time you do a press junket because I was on a tour so every two weeks every three weeks it was another opening night so I had to do the entire press junket in a new city and every single person asks so what's it like to be a person of color blah 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 so again then and it's just it was never it was relentless it was yeah. absolutely relentless it just kept coming and coming and coming and there was a moment a, a a a time when i felt like i was allowing callus to grow over my heart so that i wouldn't have to feel what it felt mm. like to have somebody ask me about being a black person doing something doing my craft uh but then i had to really quickly realize that these are the shoes that i'm standing in and and it's important for me to feel that so i can express out of feeling that why making me feel that is wrong mm-hmm. like you should see me for my talent you should see me for my gift you should see me for 
the upwards of $100,000 of study that I did that got me to this point. You know, like all of those mm-hmm. things that I did that everybody else who's played this role presumably did. Why don't you see that and just enjoy that? Why is the color so important? It's important because it's a, it's a moment in history. It's a, a transition. It's a furthering of the cause, the, the fight and all of that. Yes. But I really look forward to the day when it is less important than it is today. But it's not the first thing that is asked of you. That's the, the thing. First. It's the first thing. It's like, if, yeah, oh, absolutely. if you hear anything in regards to me, it's, it's oh, it's Black Alphabet. It's not just yep. Alphabet, it's yep. Black Alphabet. Yep. Mm. And Black um, Phantom, the Blantum. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, God, yeah. You have a responsibility as actors to perform and do a great job. So, how do you find the added weight of responsibility you have to deal with? Because you have to deal with, you can't, you're not allowed, to, especially if you're the black, the first black person to do a role, you are not allowed to screw up. Because if you screw up, you're screwing up for everyone, every black person. So that's, how do you deal with the added responsibility of all that? All of that? It, I, I don't even know how I necessarily would deal with it, but you don't want, the problem is, is that you put so much more pressure on yourself. You don't want to be off. You don't want to be ill. You don't want to do a bum note. You don't want to like, and, and the thing is, it's like, you're human. And you know what? I'm going to get a cold. I'm, you know, I'm probably going to feel a bit hay fever today. But the thing is, you feel like there is no wiggle room for you when you have that, because you don't want to hurt the platform for them to shut it down for anybody else to come through. So there's this mm-hmm. weird other pressure that's also put on. So yes, it's the weight of the role and, you know, you're making sure that you're keeping yourself in a really good way to make sure you can do the role. But then it's also people judging eyes. Does he does he do it as good as you? Or is she as good as him? It's, it's, it's the judging eye. So you're never going out there and just living in the moment and telling the story. You're like breathless and you're very much so like the whole time. You're holding your breath. You're holding your breath. And it's, it's like that. And when you finish, it's like, it's so bittersweet. Mm. Yeah. I just... It's so hard to explain. You feel like you're going to bust at times in that moment when you are sick. You feel like your world is crumbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to hear someone else who's walked a similar journey to you articulate how it felt and to let have it resonate so deeply. I'm like fighting the emotion immediately because it takes you back to what you experienced. Derek, I read that Phantom was Phantom one of the first shows you saw as a child to introduce you to musical theatre. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the first show my parents took to see. So just thinking of, I, I'm wondering how the kids in the audience that have seen you guys and the inspiration you've given them, did that hit yeah. you as well? I'm just God, yes. thinking. I'm I'm just I every single day you guys did what you did and everything that you came before and came afterwards and everything that you're talking about just doing the gig and going out and making that impact. I have you got individual memories and stories because I can't imagine you must that the difference it must have been. I know it shouldn't be, but just what was that? Anything? Yeah, it's 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 so cool because even up last night I was back and forth on Instagram with a fan who just uh, was like, thank you so much for everything that you've done from the day that I met, saw you in the show, you became like my, my inspiration and if you, blah, 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 and all that kind of thing. But there's one story f- from when uh, I was at the Fox theater in Atlanta and um, the, uh, I, the show finished at the Fox for whatever reason, the, the stage door process at the Fox is 
beyond. Like, it feels like the entire audience comes out of the theater and waits at the stage door for you. We represent. <laughs> represent. Right. We love, our, we represent. love our art. We love our art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure do. They sure do. And so... I would come out and and greet everyone and I would stand out there for an hour if it took just to sign everybody's things and everything like that. And at the end of signing one night, I was on my way to uh, walk back to where I was staying. And this black mother, a woman of color, she brought her son over and was holding his shoulders and pushed him in front of me bawling, just crying, crying. And I could, I wish you could hear the memory that I can hear in my head of her just wailing. And it, it was like from her, 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 her soul, like the depths of her soul, this cry was coming. And she was like, look at him, look at him. It, speaking to her son, telling her son to look at me. And she said, seeing what he did, now you know nothing is impossible. If he can do it, you can do it. Nothing is impossible. Just the way she was saying it, it broke. And I just started crying. And so, and from there, I connected with them. I was like, take my email. You let me know how you're doing. If you need help, and we've still been in communication and contact. It's moments like that, that make all that we go through worth it. If it was for that one kid, I would do the entire thing all over again because it changed his, I know what theater did for me. You know, it gave me a place as, um, as a gay person of color, as a young person, just to be able to stand in my own skin a little bit, you know, and to feel like I had a place in the world. Uh, even before I had the dream of being on the stage for myself. So to be able to stand as a person of color in the, on the stage for other young people of color and for them to get that, that view. Like I was saying the other day, there was this, um, there's this line of black Barbie dolls, just like all these gorgeous looking black Barbie dolls. And I looked at it and I said, oh my God, my niece is growing up looking at yes. that. Mm-hmm. There's representation for her. And and now Kamala Harris is the vice president. Barack Obama was the friggin' president. Like yeah. these children are growing up in a world where there's no limits, you know? And and I I feel like the both of us, Alexia and I, we we've played a part, a small part, in giving somebody hope that yes. they can aspire to greatness. Yeah. I mean, I won't forget the moments even in my dressing room where people would write to me, um, young girls, saying, I wasn't going to try for drama school because I didn't think there was a place here for me. But seeing you on the stage lets me know that I can do it. And those things make it worth it. Even today, and even not even just little girls, guys as well, saying, you know, and not just little black girls, Asian too, saying, oh, I can... I can do this. This isn't, it's not just for one race. It's for everyone. And that makes it worth it. And that makes me say, I'd go back and do it again in a heartbeat. See, I think that's great um, for both of you, because honestly, it's tough. What you guys have gone through, being the first, first black in anything is really tough. Mm -hmm. But when you reach, you have no idea what influences you do have. I mean, I, I was actually listening to, um, uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o's speech when she talked about what inspired her, and you know she because she really growing up as a as a kid hated her black skin. This is what she said, but she saw Alec Weck model, and she saw her on cover of Vogue and all that, 
And she said it completely changed the way she saw herself. So, and I, I don't even think Alec Weck knew, right? Of course she didn't. And so I'm sure you both have inspired so many people that you don't even know because they come yeah. and sit in the theater and they go home. Not yeah. everybody goes backstage and goes, let me have your autograph. Yeah. It just changes their minds. And so the stuff that you go through is really bad, but you break through a barrier and hopefully for the next person, it's going to be a little easier. You know? Yeah. Mm. It, it, just, it, it really is important, that representation. It yes. really matters. Yeah. I, I just won't forget also seeing, just even recently, um, a post that Philippa Sue, who was in um, Hamilton, had retweeted. And it was a little girl watching Hamilton dancing around. And she pointed to Philippa and said, Mommy, it's me. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. That's like people, like, if it's not been a part of your world and you've always seen yourself, you, it's, it's harder to understand. But when a young person sees themselves, mm -hmm. it's like, you're opening, you're opening their mind because they don't have to be what the stereotypical thing is, you know, like, because they might not be good at that. They might be good at something else. And it might not necessarily be in the arts. We just need to see it across the board. This isn't just down to it being on stage. It's what's happening backstage also. So we need to see more um, people of color in the director position and the music director. I mean, like Clem is like, like Clem was my first like MD, which I'm really like super duper, no, actually second MD. And I'm like super duper like blessed to have like had him as my, as like an MD and a black MD at that was like, wow. <laughs> and, but the thing is, if we look at the West End, who else? Or Broadway. Who else? That's it. Who else? <laughs> you know? But to your point, it's so cool because for Clem to be our first, it made that position, a person of color in that position, not strange. It made it right. like normal, you know? And so now when we, then when we went on to what we did uh, in our respective worlds, it's like, wait a minute, where they at? <laughs> like, <laughs> is she the only one? <laughs> right. Did, did you not find that? Like literally yes. coming out of Lion King and going into another show. Oh, like, oh it's just me. But the thing is, it's like even like when I was say on um the mitts, um I won't forget there were moments where I could not talk to anyone and I would have to call my mum in a toilet, you know, um to say what was going on. And I won't forget there was a situation that happened and I bawled my eyes out in that toilet, spoke to my mum on that phone wiped my eyes and walked back out into my dressing room and nobody knew what happened and nobody mm -hmm. still knows what happened to this day because now, now I, they do now they do alexia now they do. <laughs> 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 you know but um it it was really hard i have to say like i felt my blackness mm. I, I really felt my blackness and I'm not saying that that's bad for me to feel my blackness, but I felt segregated. It didn't mm. feel like I was a part of a team. Whereas that's the whole point of being in these shows and, and what's not, you become a family. A community. Right? Do you know mm. what I mean? Like you become a family in a community. So when coming out of Lion King, something like that, and then doing a show where you don't feel that connection, and it's not, 
just about there having to be like um there had to be somebody black or there no it's about there being representation of kind of everyone yes you know feeling like a family and I don't know I think that there is you bring something when you've got different cultures coming together if everyone is one culture, then you're probably not going to understand maybe that one who's different to everybody else who's in a company. So it forces you, I think, to have conversations with people. Like when we were in Lion King, oh, tell us about Japan. Is it really? Yeah, I'm going to bring you to have cookouts, right? Yeah. And we'd all bring a dish and it would be literally just dishes from all over the world. It was brilliant. And we were, we were just anxious to know about each other, mm. you know, whereas I felt like, in walking into other companies that wasn't necessarily the language um you get to kind of know surface level people you know but like culturally who you are it it's just Mm -hmm. informative all of that In, I, in that situation? I think... A little bit? <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say a little, because when you were saying something before, Alexia, I was like, oh, when you were saying like you have to hold it and hold it, and then, you, then you're done with the show and you leave. The thought that I had was, my God, what would our performances have been like if we were free Oh wow! in that space? Like, it would have been gang... The only thing that I can... The only times that I felt like my character was and it wasn't i i wasn't even playing it to the the nth degree of what i had the capacity (laughs) to but it was informed in a specific way enough that it was charged was when i had encountered something that was negative um about me being a black person playing the character and because the character phantom is so like hot and and burning like burning hot and freezing cold like he's all over the place his energy is frenetic so i could just channel that energy into the character that's the only time when it felt like there was some kind of freedom in in doing it but all the rest of the time as you were saying it alexia it's so true So, so it's interesting what you're saying because i'm so Okay, it's 2021. I mean, yes. you know, 2020. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. anyway. <laughs> but, uh, you know, all the like, not just COVID, but all the social awareness has happened. And like mm-hmm. you're saying, and, and I know that you guys have been uh, changed by that. Yeah. How are, like, if you were in another historic, artistic place or part now, as you are today, what would what would that be like? How how would you show up? Do you think, um, yeah, you would be free? Do you think how would you think that would be? I think I would have the presence of mind from the very beginning to be verbal about every single thing that I feel. Like if I feel like you're looking at me some sort of way or you're directing me some sort of way, I'm going to talk about it because now post Black Lives Matter movement, all that stuff. It's all, look, all of Pandora's box has been opened. So now I feel like I have the right 
to put words to not that I didn't have it before, but even more so now to put words to absolutely everything that I'm feeling. And hopefully in the process of getting to the stage, if I can handle all of that in communication, then when I'm on the stage, I'll be a little more free. A little more. That's exactly, it's really interesting that you said when you're on stage, you'll be a little more free because that's exactly how I still feel. I still feel like I would not be completely free on stage. However, just like you, I would speak up more and say, if I had encountered something or something made me feel uncomfortable, I would now have those conversations with my producers or whatever. Um, But on stage, I would still feel... I'm yeah. not quite there yet. Because you know the world's not quite there yet. Exactly. Yeah. It's far from not quite. Like it's, well, yeah, they're I not there you. at all. It's I know. Just, yeah. It's, all of it is so exposed. The mm. oh God, the hatred and, and just the Well, we've seen it unleash for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Not every the world isn't there yet. It doesn't apply to everyone because some people will come and sit down and watch a show. And, you know, they just are in love with those characters and it doesn't matter who's playing them. They're like, oh my gosh, the talent, you know. The talent. So that's, do you win them over? Do you feel that you do that? So you step on stage and they say, oh, this is a black man. This is a black woman. And at the end of the show, they think, wow, that was amazing. Or do do you still think color is a barrier to them enjoying the piece? I think everyone's going to be individual, but sorry, you go first. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, I agree. Uh, I think overall, for the most part, I feel like I have won them over, you know, as I've gone through the show. Um, but I am acutely aware as performers on the stage, we read energy. We feel Mm -hmm. the energy that the audience is giving and that feeds our performance. Or I'll hold a note a little bit longer if I feel like I have the audience on the edge of their seat or I'll cut it off short if I feel like they're ready to move on. You know, like that that kind of uh, energy feeding. I can feel when an audience is like, whoa. And then I have to do the work to get them to accept me in my excellence in the character, as opposed to just taking them on the journey of the story, which is twice as much work, yeah. if not 10 times more Because you're in you your know? head. Exactly, exactly. Trying to, to weigh uh, how I'm going to navigate this whole thing while still telling the story. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think that I win most of them over. I mean, I hope anyway. <laughs> I like think so. Maybe for some, it's like, oh, it's initially they are a bit like, oh, it's it's a black person. <laughs> <laughs> so then, but then I guess I'd like to think that they then are are swept away in the story and can then appreciate the art of you know the storytelling that's happening on stage. But but unfortunately, some just can't get past the fact that you are somebody of color. So then, I just it's just a good question to kind of wrap up and tie everything in because I I hear these little choice phrases that you guys drop while you're speaking. And I'm going to take Derek's choice phrase of standing in my excellence, because what we know from the both of you is as you have broken through these doors, you have stood in your excellence and you have delivered um, in both roles in such a beautiful capacity for a community that needed you to shine your light in this way. And so I guess a question before we kind of wrap up is, do you feel like you'd want to go through some more of these doors? Do you feel like you want to put yourself in these situations that you've both honestly said, 
are very difficult situations to be in? Are there any jobs out there that are typically not seen for the black theatrical performer that you still go, actually, you know what, I'm going to do that one day? Or do you feel like you need to just kind of have a moment for self and and, and going a different direction? I think um, for me, I don't, I've never really been a person who's been like, oh, I want to do that gig or I want to do that gig. Um, sometimes you do have to take time for self because mm-hmm. it is important to recharge because it, it's hard to give and to emotionally, mentally, spiritually be okay in those situations. Um, and so you do have to wrap yourself around with people who will love and support and kind of like really kind of recharge you yeah. in, in some respect. Um, but I'd throw myself again in that situation. Go on. Love it. It's important for things to change. Yes. If we all then were to back away and Mm. not do it, we're taking away that representation for those who are up and coming behind us. Mm -hmm. And things are not going to change in the world. We are here. We exist. (laughs) We have existed for many years, just like you have. So... (laughs) So, you know, like we are, you know, it's got to be equal opportunity. Mm. It has to be equal opportunity. And we need to start reflecting our world on our stages, as well as backstage, as well as behind um, film crews on screen. We need to see it on posters. I don't want to just see one person in that hair shampoo ad. I want to see <laughs> everyone. <laughs> it's true. Like, I'd be shook if I saw um, a black while doing a hair shampoo ad it just it just doesn't really happen here so when i go to america and i sometimes see i'm like okay okay (laughs) (laughs) and and what about you derek to that question oh god yeah no yeah i agree i'd gladly do it again i'd gladly do it again um i also don't um i mean when the breakdowns for different roles come out i consider them you know um but I don't know that my career has landed me in a position where I can say, well, I would like to play blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, okay, here's Ben, you know? That's <laughs> your opportunity. Come on, Derek, not, let's do it. <laughs> well, I would like to play a role that's not been written so I could be the shoes that people have to fill. Yes, not the other yes. Around. yes sir. <laughs> can I put this? It's so funny. I was having like discussions with, um, we have a little group um, within our, our cast and stuff and producers and stuff. And the interesting thing is, one of the things I said was, is that whenever we see like these new shows open, a lot of the time they are open with the majority Caucasian cast and their leads are Caucasian. However, I think that's part of the change. Yes. We need to start putting in original companies, people of color in these positions so that it becomes normal. Because it's interesting, isn't it funny? Somebody of color can play the role as an original company member, leave and a white person can come along and it's fine. But if it's the other way round, it doesn't seem to translate well. Yeah. Yeah, but Alexia, you need to have you need to have also the writers who are writing these roles to say that yeah. The, yeah, that's that's that's, that's, that's the problem. So this is why you get you know people like Shonda Rhimes who are giving these roles left, right, and center. You just got amazing, and they're mainstream parts. And nobody yeah. thinks anything from it. You know, I think that's, yeah, that's the way people, forward. As opposed to just, you know, that they're people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Guys, guys, thank you so much for this conversation today. It's amazing, really amazing. Yes. I'm so appreciative. So very interesting. And just don't forget the power that you both have in doing what you do. So it's, it's really yeah, thank you guys, really. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. So we're gonna do our little quick fire five. Quick fire five, fire five. Okay, now wait, look. <laughs> I'm nervous. Quick fire five mean that you must be quick, yes? yes. So nobody take long, long to ask about it. Yes. yes. <laughs> I mean, All, right. All right, so here we are in our quick fire five section. But today it's going to be a little bit different because we have two of you. So we're going to actually do a quick fire six. And I am going to start this off with a question for Derek. If you could order takeaway right now, what would you order? I would order Indian, that chicken thing. Oh God, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's chicken with like red. Tikka masala. Chicken tikka masala. Tikka masala. That's the one. And lots of non bread because I'm a carboholic. <laughs> All right, wicked. Um, Alexia, this one is for you. What flavor ice cream would you be and why? I would be cookies and cream, honey. Yes. <laughs> I'm not this is like that question was for me because I am an ice cream aholic, honey. <laughs> I'm not even gonna have dairy, but I let let way for that. <laughs> so why, why cookies and cream? Why would you be cookies, cookies and cream? Just the best. It's got the crunch. It's got the vanilla of it. It's just ah, oh, come on now. It's everything. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Have it in the freezer if you need some. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna through the screen. <laughs> Um, all right, Derek, Derek, back at you. So describe yourself in three words. Loving, happy, dramatic. <laughs> oh, I, I would definitely agree with the dramatic, Derek. Well, That's for sure. Of course you would. <laughs> Why couldn't it be loving, Clem? I love yeah, you. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Alexia. If you could use one word to describe yourself, what would that word be? Bubbly. Bubbly. Yeah. Yes. I've always been really kind of quite smiley and happy. So when it's the other way, everyone goes, ooh, is Alexia all right? (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Um, All right. So moving forward, I'll ask you both the same question. Um, So to Derek and Alexia, and Derek will go to you first. What TV sitcom family would you be a member of? Daggone it. I don't know if it's okay to even say it anymore. Say it. Just say it. Just go. The oh, Cosby I Show. I knew yeah. you were going to say it. <laughs> what about you, Alexia? Okay. <laughs> the Felicia Rashad Show. Yes, we love Felicia Rashad. Oh, my God. I mean, for me, I'd have to say exactly the same, the Cosby Show, because growing up, yeah. I was like, I want to be Rudy. Again, yeah. representation matters. Exactly. Representation mm, matters. Um, <laughs> all right. So both of you again. Um, if you if you do bake, what's your favorite thing to bake and why? Oh, Lexi. <laughs> Alexia, to you first then. Oh, well, all righty then, because we know I love to bake. <laughs> Um, I have a signature red velvet cake, which yes. a lot of the West End know about. And if we are ever in a company together, people, be prepared. The red velvet's coming, okay? Okay. <laughs> She's a great baker. <laughs> My favorite thing to bake is what I baked last night. 
Which one? Shut oh, up. A caramel pound cake. <laughs> Derek is now showing us the caramel pound cake. We just saw this amazing caramel, caramel pound cake. cake. Oh my God. Wow. Oh my but the problem with baking in a pandemic is I'm in an apartment by myself. So what the hell do you do with an entire caramel pound cake? <laughs> you eat it. You eat it. No, you send it over to me. Send it over. And this is the quick fire bonus question. Because y'all are enjoying it so much. All right. Can you both hum individually a song that you would love to sing on stage live that you haven't yet, but you have to hum it? Okay. Okay, Alexia's ready. To you, Alexia. Mm -mm, I need words. They founded our wisdom, our knowledge, our wealth in leading us dry. Aida, Disney's Aida. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, Alexia, I didn't get the hum. I'm so sorry. The hum, oh, girl, the hum was great. The hum was the hum great. Was it was great. there. Um, Derek, you ready for your song? You're going to hum it now? No, I certainly am not. Derek's I... <laughs> not. He's not ready. Um, um, okay, hold, please. Let me see. And I'm not going to be able to recall the melody of it just yet. But you said to make this fast. Beauty and the Beast is coming back around. It's going to London and hopefully coming to, to New York. And I want to be the Beast. Put that on the record. All right. Oh, I would yeah. like to be the Beast. And I can be your nail, child. Yes. Wouldn't that be yes. insane? Yes. 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 We just cast it. I'm going to be dreaming about this forever. Are you kidding me? That would be so dope. That would be That's so dope. Just cast. Transatlantic casting. Just did it. Y'all write the letters. I've already written mine. <laughs> and on that note, I just want to thank you both again for being absolutely amazing guests. Mm -hmm. And we loved having you. And hopefully we'll see you both apparently on stage very soon together. In <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Search for Life, Art and the In-Between wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. Follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Benno Creative House. Life, Art and the In-Between is a Benno Creative House original production.